The Clock by Arthur Styron From Weird Tales, June 1925 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Dale Grothman The Clock by Arthur Styron all my life I have had a deep and abiding dread of monotony. The unvarying and wearisome sameness of life irks me and fills me with depression. I fear and hate all men because I am compelled to shun them in order to avoid that hideous mother of monotony, habit, which tears my nerves to shreds and flings them mockingly in my twitching face regularity of any sort fills me with resentment and impotent rage against the scheme of things the steady patter of raindrops drives me hysterical and gibbering to bury my face among the pillows under a mattress any place where the steady drip drop drip drop is not audible the sound of drum beats fills me with such uncontrolled rage and fury that I shriek aloud in my distress and hurl stones or any missile available at the miscreant who dared to provoke me. I cannot, I dare not, I will not endure drab uniformity. My imaginative and excitable temperament demands variety. Since I am thus constituted, is it any wonder that clocks fill me with hatred and terror? those prosaic engineers of space with their dreadful unfailing cadence their ceaseless vigil over man's allotted time their steady and untiring tick-tack tick-tack toward eternity they terrify me poison me madden me those hideous reminders of inexorable time time the faithful ally of unrelenting and unyielding death i lived alone with an old woman who had taken me when i was a child from a foundling's home her i loved in a way for she was kind and very old and feeble yet she always insisted upon regularity eating sleeping and working at set times and when i undertook to vary my life from day to day such as retiring at noon and rising for breakfast at midnight in order that i might thus break the monotony of my existence i met with such determined opposition from the old woman that her too i began to fear and hate the house in which we lived was an old rambling country place of splendid and pretentious proportions though with an air of pervading gloom and loneliness the furnishings were mostly heirlooms and antiques of great beauty and value of which the old woman was very proud among the chattels were two ancient and costly clocks of rare and unusual design and workmanship they stood side by side in the great hall tall grim and spectral regulating the household by their minute divisions of space at least one of them did so the other had not run for many many years the old woman had frequently related to me how that one had stopped at a quarter past midnight the very minute 
I, the very second, her husband had died. Stopped of its own accord, so she said, or by the hand of some unseen guest. With her own hands she cared for and cleaned and polished the two clocks. Every night, with unvarying regularity, she wound the living clock, which, she told me with the utmost confidence, would stop at the moment of her death, just as the other one had stopped when her husband died. Is it any wonder, then, that I feared these damnable machines almost as much as I hated them? I might have borne the awe and dread with which I regarded them, but the continual ticking of a living clock, the old woman's life-piece, as I called it, lashed my nerves to such a state of frenzy that, goaded beyond endurance, I would rush, trembling and screaming from the house, into the night, the cold, the storm, anywhere, anywhere, away from that gruesome monotony, that eternal cadence. There was a chime, too, a chime that gave out a thick, gloomy, resonant sound, filling me with foreboding and terror, a sound that brought to mind grim death and a grimmer reckoning, that told of unsubdued passions and stern retribution. Each quarter the time increased until, upon the hour, it became a complete stanza. So gruesome was the effect of this music upon my imagination that I could not rid my thoughts of it. I could not sleep. I could not rest. Always I was anticipating, waiting for the next installment. Sometimes, in the small of the night, I would creep from my sleepless bed and crouch in the dark, chilly hall, in order that I might hear the ticking and chiming more plainly, waiting for the dreadful music to start again, and then for the next sound, and the next, and so on until morning. At times I would make a determined effort to throw off the spell. I would say to myself, After the next quarter chimes I shall hurry to bed and fall asleep before it sounds again. Then, as soon as the quarter's direful melody had ceased, I would hasten to my room, shivering with cold and nervousness, and lie with tightly closed eyes, courting sleep. But big, pointed hands would clutch at my heart, Brassy voices would laugh musically and mockingly in my ears, until, unable to endure it longer, I would rush back to the dark, cold hall, where I would count the steady tick-tocks and listen for the unvarying chime the rest of the night long. As time wore on, I realized that my condition was becoming grave. Thoughts of destroying the clock occupied me constantly but I could not do it, because I feared the frightful thing with all my soul. On one occasion I did approach the old woman with cunningly and clever arguments as to why she herself should stop the clock, but she indignantly refused. After that, so it seemed to me, I began to detect her stealing furtive and suspicious glances at me. She suspected my trouble. She knew. Dear God! I verily believe she knew my suffering and agony, and yet she would not stop that fiendish clock. So I began to burn with remorseless hatred for the old woman, a desire for revenge. 
then it was that i cunningly devised a scheme to appease my hatred of the old woman and rid myself of the monster at the same time the old woman had said that the clock would stop of its own accord when she died very well in this way she should accomplish what she had refused to do and what i myself feared to do yes i resolved to kill the old woman i felt sorry for her because she had been kind to me and she was very old and feeble but she stood between me and my happiness and she must die that very night i would perpetrate the deed and rid myself forever of this lesion upon my soul after dark i began to make my arrangements they were very simple the house stood in a lonely neighborhood no one would hear the old woman was very aged and infirmed and could make no resistance she retired early as was her wont and i went to my room to listen and wait i planned to wait until the midnight hour had struck and then accomplish the deed before the clock should begin another day with its quarter's melody hardly breathing i crouched in my room until the midnight hour had struck waited until the last note of the awful dirge had faded into the dreadful stillness of night then carrying in my hands a small hatchet i made my way stealthily toward the old woman's room i moved very slowly and cautiously inch by inch creeping on my hands and knees so as to make no sound on my way i paused before the tall grim clock to gloat monster i gibbered in a high thin voice for i did not wish the old woman to hear and become alarmed fiend damned soul never again will you raise your hellish voice never again shall i tremble and shake with terror at your taunting melody never again for soon you will be forever stilled in my excitement i had unconsciously allowed my voice to rise to a shrill piercing treble rage possessed me i rose to my feet and shook my fist at its evil shape i screamed maledictions and curses at it and laughed with fiendish joy and triumph agent of hell i shrieked brandishing my hatchet and dancing in a frenzy of hate you have spoken your last you shall never never use your brassy lungs again the words were scarcely out of my mouth when on the clear dreadful stillness of the night there broke a sound hoarse bold mocking a sound that froze my blood that made my hair rise with terror that filled me with surging fury I had miscalculated my time because I had not gone by the clock. The demon was beginning to strike the quarter to mock me. Beginning, but no more. For with the first note, such a wave of rage and loathing swept over me hatred of the monster and the fury at having been thwarted in my plans that I forgot my fear, forgot everything save that I was mad i uttered an awful cry and leapt upon it with superhuman strength i dashed it to the floor where it fell with a terrific crash 
shrieking invectives i tore into its vitals with my bare hands destroying mangling devil i raved you shall not speak you shall not you shall not in a few minutes it was a complete wreck it lay on the floor bruised broken seeming in my excited imagination like a murdered thing laughing loudly and shrilly and clutching in my wounded blood-stained hands the remnants of the mutilated machine i rushed to the old woman's room she lay quietly on the bed gazing at me with horror dilated eyes see i screamed throwing the bloody remnants upon the floor see old woman there is your clock now it will hardly stop when you die ha ha then a strange feeling of awe crept over me i ceased raving and looked intently at the old woman in the pale light of a flickering candle i could see that she still gazed at me with horror dilated eyes but now i saw that they were sightless the old woman was dead she had died when the clock stopped the end of the clock by arthur styron